You hear all the time about the year two leap, but they are not the only ones who could make a jump from last year to this year. We look at the Green Bay Packers roster at players who could take a big jump forward, whether because of circumstance or just because they got better. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You're locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. And newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. I mentioned at the top this idea of the year two leap. And this is something that has become almost a cliche around the league where you go, all right, but year two, that's when the light goes on. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes it takes until year three. Sometimes the players never quite figure it out. And then, of course, there's there's no leap to be had in those cases, right? I think that it's important that we think about every roster as new and different in a way because players go off in the offseason they get better they work on their bodies they work on their craft that's their job that's what they do Matt LaFleur talked about year two in his offense in 2020 being so essential not because of anything inherent about year two but because there's value in understanding what your players can and cannot do so year two of this defense there are going to be players who have their roles adjusted a little bit, have their roles tweaked. Players understand what there's what is being asked of them in a different kind of way, and that could improve their play. And then, of course, there are players whose circumstances are the most obvious way that they're going to get just more opportunities. Al Nazard is one of those players. We're going to talk about him. When you have 170 targets going to Devontae Adams, it's really hard for anyone else to get any shine. So someone's going to get those targets. The Packers are not going to throw significantly less. They're not going to become some run first team. Not really. In 2022. They're going to continue to throw the ball a lot. So those targets have to go somewhere. And there are going to be players who are the beneficiaries of those targets. Let's start with those receivers. And let's start with Al Lazard. He is someone who I think can take a significant step forward in this offense. He is someone who over the last few years has been one of the most analytically friendly receivers, one of the most efficient receivers with his targets. And you wonder how much of that is because he played with Devontae Adams. Will you go back to 2020 when he was the number one receiver? Marquez Zelda scaling out, Devontae Adams out. And you get this big game from Alan Lazard, who becomes the focal point of your offense. Now, unfortunately, he got hurt in that game as well. Go back to 2019 when all the receivers were out and it was the Alan Lazard show against the Detroit Lions. It was Rodgers to Lazard. They won that game in that Monday night contest. 
You think about uh, the, the Raiders game when Rodgers had a perfect passer rating. Lazard made a couple big plays in that game. Devontae Adams, not in that game either. Now, over time, there's going to be more tape on this guy. I understand that, but you have Randall Cobb, you have Amari Rodgers, you bring in these rookies, you bring in Sammy Watkins, and there could be other players in the mix as well. Last season, he only played 64% of snaps. Now, part of that is he missed a week because of COVID, but he played 15 games, only started 13. Part of that was also just some circumstance and some lingering injury issues. He, If he sees more like 80% of snaps, he can take a significant step forward. He still was second on the team in receptions among receivers. Only Aaron Jones among non-receivers uh, had more targets than he did. And so this is an opportunity for, for Alan Lazard. And I think not just an opportunity, but uh, uh, so a showcase. I, I wanted to say a chance. I'm like, that's an opportunity. A showcase for him and his ability to be more than what we've seen to this point in his career. The more traditional version of this is Amari Rodgers at that same position. Now, Randall Cobb is still on this team. How much he can actually contribute is a very open question, but Equinemia St. Brown is off the team. He took 26% of snaps last season. EQ did. He's not out there. Marquez Valdez-Scanley took 41% of snaps at receiver last year. And of course, Devontae Adams took 80% of snaps. He's out of there. You have to think Amari Rodgers has the inside track to get a significant increase in playing time. And this was a player they, they were really excited about the Packers were. They were scheming up even in preseason ways to get him the ball in his hands and space to be able to create after the catch. I'm very interested to see when we get to training camp, what his body looks like. I thought he played a little heavy last season because of this idea that maybe he's going to play some running back and do some other different kinds of things. It was not bad weight by any means. I thought he he bulked up a little too much. Devontae Adams talked about this as a receiver. That early in his career, he felt like he needed to be big to take on the pounding of the NFL. He was a contested catch receiver. And he ended up dropping like 10 to 15 pounds to play faster. I'd love to see Amari Rodgers do a similar thing. The Packers liked him because he was, you know, dense, thick with two C's. But I, I think when you watch him at Clemson, when he was playing a little lighter, he looked a little faster, a little more explosive. And you hope that, that that's still in there, even after some of the injury issues that he's had. Just by sort of definition, he needs to get more opportunities because this is going to become an offense that is more, I think, about get the ball to the playmaker and just let them go do a thing because you're not going to trust these guys to go and try and win one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. Not consistently. You're not going to let Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, or Mario Rogers go out there and try and do that. Even Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb. It's just not what they do. It's not who they are, at least at this point in their career. I think Lazard is the guy most qualified early on to be that, I think Romeo Dubs eventually, Christian Watson eventually couldn't give you some of that. But it is not going to be something that you're going to see by any means right away. And I think because they spent some time last offseason game planning for someone like Amari Rodgers and they didn't bring anyone else in since Randall Cobb to play that role. And because Randall Cobb is probably not going to make it through this 
season playing all 17 games that you're going to see a step forward in Amari Rodgers and he can't play much worse in terms of the confidence that he inspires from his teammates. It it was it was kind of a nightmarish rookie season. Most rookies are bad. It doesn't concern me. Jordy Nelson was not good early in his career. So th- th- I'm not saying he's going to be Jordy Nelson either, but this is this can take time. And especially when you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, when you're playing on a team that is a Super Bowl team, you don't have the runway to make mistakes. And so you hope the, the, the kinds of year two things that usually separate rookies from year two players is the speed of the game. Now he knows the expectations. He knows the speed of defenses. He knows this offense and he knows what the expectation is from Aaron Rodgers. And so all of those, I think, conspire to give him a good chance to take a step forward in year two. We're going to talk about a slew of other players on the other side of this break. Before we get there, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And they have a new flavor that when you hear about it, try and contain yourself. Brownie batter puffs. I love brownies. I, 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 don't, I mean, who doesn't love brownies? Brownies have a 100% approval rating. And why wouldn't you rather, not rather, but why wouldn't you also, let's say that, wouldn't you also like to have something that tastes like brownie, but doesn't make you feel guilty? That gives you that decadence, that sweetness, that richness, that lusciousness, but that also is high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar, and all of that good stuff to fuel your body made with collagen protein so it helps your body absorb it better. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. On the offensive line, I'm I'm really interested because I don't really see a leap candidate. I think Josh Myers just being on the field would be nice, but I thought he was solid last year. I think he's going to be solid this year. I don't see really what the roadmap is for him to get much better. Like a little bit more consistency would be nice, but I never thought that, you know, he was going to come out and be Nick Mangold. He was going to be some all pro center. I think expectations is part of this too. So I don't, I don't really see any offensive linemen from last year, this year, making some sort of big jump. Elton Jenkins is really good. David Bakhtiari is really good. Um, Now John Runyon Jr. That would be the one guy that I think you could make that case for. I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe, but you've got two day three picks there fighting out, fighting it out with Sean Ryan and, and Zach Tom, guys who are going to have a real chance to, to try and win starting jobs. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what shakes out at that offensive line position. I just don't think someone like Josh Myers, I don't want to go through every rookie, but also I don't think every rookie actually has a chance to be in this position where we're talking about this guy at the end of the season going, wow, he really, he really got a lot better. He really made a leap. I think for Josh Myers, it's just being on the field. It's just being on the field. That's enough. So let's go to the defensive side of the ball because I don't, I don't see it at tight end. I don't, I don't think Josiah DeGuaro is going to make some big leap forward. Um, just being better would be useful to this team, but I don't know what the, what the case is uh, for him. 
On defense, though, there there are a lot of players that intrigue me. And at the top of the list is, is Eric Stokes. I mean, this, this was a guy who, despite being one of the most targeted corners in the league, um, had one of the best passer ratings when targeted in the league, uh, one of the best uh, rookies among uh, SIS, the Sports Info and Solutions total points metric, was on their all-rookie team, in fact. And when you look at pro football focus grades, all that good stuff, he was really good last year. Was by any measure uh, worthy of being a, a legitimate quality boundary corner in the NFL last season. Well, think about how close he was to making so many more plays. If he catches the ball against Jimmy Garoppolo, the Packers probably win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's how close it was. There was, there was a couple plays in that first 49ers game when he made his first NFL start. He could have turned pass breakups into interceptions. Ben Roethlisberger threw him a lollipop to the flat, and he waited to let the ball get to the receiver and then played it through the receiver's hands rather than breaking on the ball, making a play, and taking it to the house, which he could have done. So if he just turns some of those opportunities if he can just play the ball a little bit better, then all of a sudden you go from being a quality player to a playmaker. Now you're talking about a really, like a Pro Bowl caliber player. He can be a Pro Bowler this season. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. So uh, that is the guy, that, the, the leap from last year to this year. That's the guy that I am most excited to see this season by far. And, and like, you know, Jay Alexander's coming back. And so I'm excited to see that. Um, David Bakhtiari is coming back. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see this offensive line. But in terms of players that were on the roster last year that we're going to see this year, there is no one I'm more excited to see than Eric Stokes because of what his potential can be. He's a hard worker. So I think he's going to get better. I think he's working on his ball skills. Remember, the cornerback position was new to him, new in college, converted running back. And so this is this is something that I think he has the opportunity to, the sky is the limit for this guy. And it's not going to be surprising in a couple of years, you know, maybe he's not going to get Jair Alexander money. But if in a couple of years he's signing a monster deal because he's a really good player, I don't think anyone should be surprised by that. So there are some other candidates for this, um, you know, but like Devondre Campbell, how much better can he be? And having Quay Walker could could free him up to do more of just the things that he's really good at because Quay can play a little bit of everywhere. Kenny Clark having some more help along the defensive front. I think you can make the case frees him up a little bit in terms of being able to play a, along that defensive front to face fewer double teams if teams have to worry about Devontae Wyatt, if teams have to worry about Jerron Reed, if TJ Slayton takes a little bit of a step, then you that frees Kenny Clark up to make some more plays. The other guy that I have my eye on is Darnell Savage. Because, and we talked about this yesterday when we did the, the, the regrade of the 2019 class. He could have pretty easily had four, five, six interceptions last season. And he played a role that I don't think was ideally suited to his talents. We saw at the end of 2020, that second half of the 2020 season, when the defense really took off, it took off because Mike Patton unlocked the ultimate combination of Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos. 
And it was start in that too high look, spin one of them down, and rob the middle of the field whilst one of them is playing single high. And oftentimes that was Darnell Savage coming in and playing those underneath routes, covering underneath. We heard um, from, from the coaching staff the other day that Darnell Savage is going to be in the mix at that star position. I don't think he's really going to be a nickel corner in most circumstances, but I think that means spending more time near the line of scrimmage, which is good for him. He is very good in deep middle, being able to read and react to deep balls. He can be a rover, a center fielder. He's also excellent underneath, undercutting routes, reading and reacting. And I, I don't think we saw against Baltimore, that man cover game against Mark Andrews where he got torched. I don't think that's where you're going to see him really shine. I think it is more playing off, coming downhill and, and reading and reacting. That's the case for him having a better season is, okay, well, now the, def the, the defensive coaching staff has seen him in this defense. Now Joe Barry has seen him in this defense. And they have an opportunity to make some changes. They have a new safeties coach. You have an opportunity to deploy him in some new and exciting ways. And if you're not worried about Henry Black because you have Quay Walker out there, that also frees him up to play a different style of football. As, as much as anyone else on this defense, he is the guy who, if he elevates his level of play, because we know Adrian Amos is going to be a really solid, really good player. That's like all he does. You know, thankless. All he does is just be rock damn solid. He's so good. He's so reliable. He's so consistent. And he makes more plays than he gets credit for. Absolutely. He has been a stone cold home run by Brian Gutekinds. The money that was paid to him was always worth it, no matter what Bears fans said when, they, when he was signed. He's been a playmaker. In fact, he's been a bigger playmaker in Green Bay than he was in Chicago. And I've been saying this now for about a year and a half. The better safety since... The Adrian Amos signing in Green Bay between Eddie Jackson and Adrian Amos has been Adrian Amos. That is remarkable, but that's true. That's true. And so when you know you're getting that level of play from Amos, you know you're getting that level of play from Devondre Campbell. We know the cornerback group is going to be awesome. You have two pass rushers on the edges that you feel really good about. I think J.J. Anigbari is going to be a welcome addition to that room along with Jonathan Garvin. And then that defensive front is all of a sudden monstrous. It's all of a sudden really, really good. And so the one guy whose level of play from last year that I think can really elevate this defense, it's Darnell Savage because those last line of defense players, they're just so impactful. They're so meaningful. And if he gets back to being the ball hawk that we saw in 2020 at the second half of that season when he's undercutting routes, I mean, the game he played against the Titans was incredible, a pair of interceptions, diving interceptions. He His his only problem in 2020 was he wasn't on the field in the NFC Championship game. Will Redmond was out there, and Will Redmond dropped an interception that Darnell Savage would have caught, and that, that put seven points on the board because Will Redmond dropped it, and I think the next play, Tom Brady throws the ball over Kevin King's head for a touchdown, and it's a three-score game instead of a two-score game, and, and that was the difference ultimately, in going to the Super Bowl or not. So 
Doug Farrar wrote a great piece for the Touchdown Wire about how this defense could evolve. And he didn't talk a lot about Darnell Savage, but how it could be really, really good. But he mentioned Savage and Amos being so good with this three group of corners. If Russell Douglas is who we think he is, or at least who we saw last year, if Jair continues to be the guy that we've seen over the last few seasons, and Eric Stokes takes that, that year two jump, Maybe you don't need it from, from Darnell Savage. But what if you get both? What if you get the Stokes year two leap and the Savage in the defense year two leap? Think about how good that secondary is. If you have Jair Alexander playing at an all-pro level and now you have Darnell Savage playing at a Pro Bowl or borderline Pro Bowl level, level and you've got Eric Stokes playing at a Pro Bowl or borderline Pro Bowl level, you're talking about the best secondary in football. And I think there's already a case that that's what they are. Before we've even seen them play. Now, if you get that play from them, that's when you get to be really, really excited about what this team can be and, and what they can do in the postseason against the Rams, against the Bucks, against the Cowboys, against an Eagles team that you're going to have to defend some prime time pass catchers and quarterbacks. It's going to be it's going to be an absolute blast to watch this season. We're going to finish up here uh, in just a second. But before we do, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On today your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, we are going to be back tomorrow, summer Friday, with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus to talk a little bit about Packers' schedule. And we're going to have a fun, quick conversation. Remember, Summer Fridays, 15 minutes. Just have some fun, something to listen to on your way to the beach, on your way to the golf course, on your way to go take a hike. Um, just just easy, just bite size. So enjoy that. We'll be back with you tomorrow. And I have a, a monster piece coming out on Friday on Quay Walker. Um, for The Leap, uh, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. And uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. A lot of great insight in there from coaches and personnel people and um, players. So something that I think that that is is really useful and, and really cool. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. So I hope you check that out. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers at any time. You want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. You can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked On Packers.